0: Being disorganized, procrastinating or leaving things to the last minute, biting your nails, picking your nose we know a lot of statistics about that now, complaining, being late, constantly checking your phone, having a screen time before bed, and overspending. So, yeah, have a look, (laughs) give yourself a score. I won't tell you mine, but it is fairly high, so hopefully it makes you feel better. Um, Yeah, so give yourself a score out of 10. And now, up on the screen, we're going to have a look at good habits. So here is a list of 10 sort of universally good habits, things that people generally aspire to. So again, these are starting your day with meditational prayer, getting up earlier, being grateful for things in your life, smiling more, eating a balanced diet, exercising regularly, going to bed earlier, managing your time better, tracking your spending and spending time with friends and family. So have a look. Give yourself another score out of 10. So now you should have two scores out of 10, one for your bad habits and one for your good habits. And I wonder which score is higher. Is it the bad habits or the good? And if it's higher for the bad habits, how many of those good habits do you think you would like in your life? It's interesting, isn't it? I think when we stop and reflect about this, it's not something I think we often do. And that's the reason I wanted us to do this little quiz this morning, because I was thinking about it in the week, in fact. And uh, I took a brave move to ask somebody I trust uh, to help me understand what my bad habits might be. So I asked my husband. So I want to challenge you all (laughs) this week. uh, If you want to do the same, perhaps there's somebody you trust and know and hopefully somebody who loves you and wants the best for you. They can help you become more aware of what your bad habits might be. And we had a good chat, my husband and I, um, about what my bad habits might be, which I think was quite a healthy chat. Uh, I seemed quite aware of them. Um, and then as the week went on, he kept adding to this, this list. And I had to tell him that I had no, was no longer interested in what the answer was, that that, was now, that question was now closed for discussion. Um, but I think you added one this morning, if I'm right. So anyway... Thank you for helping me <laughs> prepare for today. Yes, yeah, so there's a challenge for you all just to have that reflection in the, in the week. And you might be listening or thinking, well, my bad habits aren't really uh, that bad. Or actually, you know, I don't think I need to really worry about them. And that might be true. But the thing about habits is that they can easily become automatic because by definition, a habit is something that we do so many times or repeatedly that it becomes automatic. And we don't even realize that we're doing it. And so the reason we've done that quiz to help build awareness is because if we don't know what bad habits we have, then we can't change them. Or we can't recognize where we might need to build better habits into our lives. Because the thing with habits is that they can prevent us from doing things or growing or becoming the person we're meant to be. Maybe their bad habits in your life aren't that bad, but are they getting in the way of you building better habits? Habits that will help you to grow on your journey of faith. Habits that will help you to grow deeper in your relationships with others, or even just help you to get more out of life. So if you have time this week, think of your own good and bad habit list, and maybe just have that honest moment of reflection. So we've thought about bad habits, haven't we? And we know also that good habits are not that easy to keep either. I was researching this a little bit in the week, and actually I came across some really interesting quotes by some well-known people. I want to share just three of them with you today. They're quite hard-hitting truths, I think. The first one is by an ancient Greek philosopher called Aristotle, and said, he said this, We are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, he said, is not an act, but a habit. The next one is by Benjamin Franklin, who was one of the founding fathers of the United States of America, and he said this, your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. So think about the quiz that we all just did a minute ago, and what your scores out of 10 were, I wonder what that would mean for you and for me. And the final one, I really like this one, is by Dr. Abdul Kalam, who... um, is an extraordinary person, actually. He was a rocket scientist. He was president of India for a while, amongst other things. And he says this, you cannot change your future, but you can change your habits. And surely, your habits will change your future. So just a few different perspectives there. I think we get the message, don't we, that habits matter. They can reflect something about who we are and what we value. And whether we foster good or bad habits in our lives can determine both the direction and the quality of our life and our relationships with others. Now, it may seem obvious to us that bad habits aren't good for us. So why don't we just stop doing them? I uh, went on holiday last week, and um, as uh, we, f- we had to fly to where we we're going, and as we went through the duty-free part of the airport, I walked through um, a section that sells cigarettes, and it's kind of a separate section now. Um, now, I don't smoke. It's not a habit that I've ever had, if I'm honest, but I did used to smoke socially, and when I was a bit younger and at university, a lot of my friends did, and some still do. So it's not an environment I've been in for some while. So as I walked into this section in Duty Free and I walked past all the shelves that were stocked with um, the cigarette packets, I just stopped in my tracks. I was confronted by rows and rows and rows of these graphic and disturbing images. I'm sure you will know what I'm talking about because by law they now have to be put on cigarette packets because they're health warnings, but they're pretty stark warnings, aren't they? And If I'm honest, I'd never seen it on that scale before, and it really shocked me. Not just because it was an overwhelming visual scene, and not because of what the product was, actually, but because as I stood there, I knew that even such graphic and shocking images are often not enough to stop us from a habit or doing something that can be harmful for us. And actually, I just that made me really sad, and I thought, Actually, this is the danger, isn't it, with habits, particularly bad habits. They can lead to things like addiction, things that are deeply damaging for us, places where we completely lose control over habits altogether in our lives. In fact, they begin to control us and steal our joy, and this can be a really scary place to be. But it's a fine line, isn't it, between a habit and an addiction, and often we can cross it without even realising it. And true, some addictions are far less damaging than others. I think today, and actually we are chatting about it in the studio before the service, that actually a lot of us probably have addictions to things like social media and our phones and technology, and there are other ones out there that are far more harmful for us, but it's an addiction all the same. So whilst we may not think the bad habits in our lives are really that bad, the real danger is that they can become a pathway for things that are far worse, things like addiction. And that's a much harder place to come back from, isn't it? And I want to say today, if you are somebody listening or watching and you are struggling with something, you're struggling with an addiction today, please reach out and get help. We would always want to point you in the direction of getting support and help. And if we can help you here at ABC, please get in touch With us and we don't want to downplay how serious that is in your life so whilst we've looked at bad habits and we know they're not easy to break well let's look now at good habits and we know that they're also not easy to create in any lasting way are they i'm sure we all know this how many of us make new year's resolutions every year how many of us made them perhaps for this year i wonder how many of them are still going How successful are you at keeping your New Year's resolutions, I wonder? I was looking at um, some statistics, a poll that was taken in the UK last year that revealed that over 50% of people who make New Year's resolutions don't keep them all, 20% don't keep any of them, and nearly 30%, which I thought was quite a high number, actually, keep some of their resolutions, but not all of them. And actually one um, survey I looked at said that people who keep initiatives like dry January, where you uh, give up alcohol for January, over 50% of people don't make it to the second week. So that's maybe a less surprising statistics. And I guess we're not surprised, are we, by hearing these statistics about resolutions and how hard they are to keep. And what I found really interesting when I was looking into this this week is that All these most common resolutions that people make are all good things. They're all great things to aspire to. Top of the list for things like improving our health, exercising more, losing weight, and saving money, which I'm sure we'd all agree are good things to have in our life. So why are they so hard to keep and to achieve? Well, partly, maybe it's because of the reality and the, the old saying that says, Old habits die hard. And because we know it can take a lot of hard work, effort, and perseverance to build better habits into our lives. We heard that in the quiz earlier, didn't we? It takes, on average, 66 times to do something for it to become a habit. And in some of the research I did this week, for some people it can take up to 254 or something days for a habit to actually stick. So that takes an awful lot of hard work and effort, doesn't it? But I wonder, is there something else at play here? Well, often there is. And it's what Chris talked about last week. And it has has to do with our mindsets. And to explore this together today, we're going to look at an event that happened in the life of Jesus. It's recorded in the New Testament part of the Bible. It's actually recorded in two places by two different people. One by an account of Jesus's life written by someone called Mark and the other by somebody called Matthew. They, They record the same event And on this one occasion, Jesus is being questioned about religious habits, actually one in particular, which is the habit of fasting. Fasting is where, um, in those days particularly, it was giving up food, sometimes drink as well, for a period of time. And it was a religious practice, and it was meant to draw uh, people closer to God. And we still do that today, don't we? And at that time the other religious groups in Jesus's culture which was the Jewish culture were all fasting because there were specific days throughout the year where they had to do this. But Jesus and his group of followers his disciples are not fasting. And this was noted. And so Jesus as often was the case was confronted about it and asked why his disciples his followers were not fasting. Now, Jesus, if I'm honest, gives a little bit of a confusing answer here. He uses metaphorical language as he usually did. But, and first of all, he says that his followers don't need to fast while he is with them. And really, there's a lot to this, but it's because Jesus was and is God. And he was God in human form who'd come to earth to be amongst his people. So he's saying that his people don't need to be fasting while he's there with them. Because we know fasting is meant to bring us closer to God. Jesus isn't saying that the habit itself is bad or isn't needed, but it's just not needed in that context or in that way. And maybe that point wouldn't have landed with his listeners. So he goes on and he gives two analogies, two examples that would have resonated much more strongly. And he says this, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Jesus is using two examples here that would have been clearly understood, but again, the meaning behind it may have been less understood. And for us today listening, these aren't particularly familiar kind of stories, are they? Maybe we understand the one about the garment that needs to be repaired. But the analogy of a wineskin is certainly dated, isn't it? But what's really important for us to know is that in Jesus's day, wine was stored in bottles that were made out of animal skins, which is why it's called a wineskin. And when the new wine is first put into that wineskin, the fermenting process continues and gases are given off, which means that it expands So the new wineskin has to be able to stretch and expand and grow to accommodate this process, which it could do if it was a new animal skin because it's able to stretch and give. However, if the new wine was put into an old wineskin, one that had already been used, had already gone through that process, then it would have become very hard and brittle. So when the new wine was put into it and that process happened, it would just break And that's what Jesus is talking about here. And I think actually, as always is the case, Jesus is saying lots of different things here. And of course, there are different ways to interpret it. But one thing, and a clear thing I think Jesus is suggesting, is that for something new to stick, for a new idea or a new way to take hold, an old mindset or principle or way needs to change. It needs to be able to flex and grow and stretch and expand to accommodate what that new thing is. But, and I'm sure we know this, and I think this is what Jesus was getting at, often it's the old mindsets that can be rigid inflexible, and, and brittle, can't they, like the wineskins or the used garment. There needs to be, therefore, a new and more flexible way of thinking. There needs to be a new mindset, And actually, what Jesus was talking about here goes much deeper because Jesus himself came to earth to start something new. He was that new thing. He was ushering in the kingdom of God, and that's what his life, his death, and his resurrection was and is all about. But, and Jesus faced this challenge time and time again, this new way, this new idea did not fit into the old, brittle ways and inflexible religious practices of his time. So Jesus himself challenges it. He wasn't saying in this occasion that the habit of fasting was bad. In fact, there's another, on other occasions, he gives good advice about how to do it well. But he is challenging the mindset and the principle behind it. He's challenging the way people approach it and recognizing that it needs to change. And actually Jesus often did this with things like habits and practices. He challenged things like how people prayed, suggesting it was much better to go, be alone with God than to pray in public or to try and impress people. He challenged how people approached the traditional day of rest that was known as the Sabbath, saying that actually it was created to help us, to help people, to give them rest and lift their burdens. But it had become a day of strict rule keeping and prohibition. And so Jesus has something to say about this. And what he's saying is that the mindset behind it or the motivation and the reason behind it needs to change. And he's not saying these things are bad because things like prayer and fasting and rest are really good things, aren't they? They're good habits to have in our lives. But if they have negative or inflexible mindsets behind them, they can be completely useless. And if the habits themselves become the goal, then we've missed the point. And I think that's what New Year's resolutions sometimes are all about, aren't they? we become so fixated on trying to achieve those habits or those um, goals that actually we miss what it's all about. and We miss the point that we're trying to improve or better ourselves. And what I love actually is that although Jesus challenged things, he actually gives us hope. He shows us that there is a better way and that he is that way and that building better habits is part of the journey when we follow him. The habits aren't the goal, but they are a means to an end and that end is to become the people that we are called to be, to become better versions of ourselves, to become better for the people in, the li- in our life and those who are around us. And if you are a follower of Jesus, this means that you can become more like him. Isn't that amazing? And better habits is just one way that this can happen. And sure, we have to put some effort and energy and determination into it, don't we? But we don't have to do it alone. We have God's help and strength. And I believe that God really wants to help us today. He knows that to build a better habit, we need a better mindset. And again, Chris was talking about that last week. And he identified some of the negative mindsets and beliefs, core beliefs that we might have, in fact, about ourselves. Things like, I can't do this. I'm not worth it. I'm a failure. I'll never make much of my life. These kinds of mindsets will always work against our efforts to build better habits in our lives or to make lasting changes for good. And I do really believe that God wants to help us and to set us free from these types of thoughts and beliefs. He wants to help us to break bad habits that hold us back. And I believe he's made a way through Jesus. And God meets us. We put in some hard work and effort And determination, but God comes and meets us through Jesus, through the help of His Holy Spirit. He gives us the strength that we need and He gives us grace, His unmerited um, favor and joy. And together with God, we can break free from the old mindsets and the harmful patterns in our lives so we can become the people that we are called to be. And by following Jesus and relying on Him, we can build those better habits in our lives and step into the fullness of life that I believe that God has and desires for each and every one of us. But as with all things, it is a journey. It takes time and these things don't happen overnight and often we need the support and the help of others too. So I wanna ask you all again, is there something in your life that you want to change? Is there a habit that you want to break free from? Maybe even it's an addiction that's held its power in your life for long enough. Are there better habits that you long for? Well, maybe now is the time for that something to change. Maybe today is the day. Let's pray together. Loving God, we just thank you that you know each and every one of us. You know everything about our lives all the good and the bad, and you still love us completely. Lord, whatever has been brought up in us today, whatever's come to mind, maybe a bad habit we want to change or good habit we're desperate for in our lives, maybe even something deeper in addiction that's just been clawing away at us for years, would you just speak to our hearts today? Open the door, make a way for us. Show us what step we can take. Bring trusted people into our lives to help us and guide us. And Lord, help us to receive your love, your grace, and give us the strength that we need to grow together, to become more like you, Jesus, and to draw closer to you. Amen.